0: You know, construction's already expensive as it is. Right, right, right. And it, and you you want to see that that cost you know go up fifty percent? Build that wall. And why, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, you, know. So 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 you know. But all that being said, man, uh, I really I encourage more people to get into this industry, dude, because uh, you know, especially people that look like us. Brothers that look like us, sisters that look like us, really need to start embracing this industry because, man, there are some wonderful, wonderful opportunities.
1: All right, y'all, today got another episode. Um, I'm going to start by adding this into my episodes. This is brought to you by Stonehill Wealth Management, which is my company. The reason I'm able to spend time doing this, putting out this free content is because my company compensates me for doing this, meaning the owner, Philip Washington, uh, I'm making the um, uh, time and effort to do this because I'm subsidized by my, my company. So um, it's brought to you by me. But today I have Jeff Postel Postel Group uh, and also president of the National Association of Minority Contractors DFW um, on the podcast, and, uh, and I appreciate you hanging out today, Jeff.
0: Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I, I'll make one quick correction. So I'm the board chair of uh, of NAMAC, and board. we have a president, but I'm the I'm the I'm the chairman of the board for us it. We have a hard-working president named Demetria Bivens, and I don't want to take her shine yeah. at all. She
1: will, be, she will be all over me. And you get an email like, come on. she would be like, come on, come on now. Come right. On. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on board. But before we get into, like, the contracting business, how it works, um, how to get in, and once you're in, all, all that stuff, let's, let's go to how you got into
0: um, contracting. First off, where, where are you from? So I'm from uh, Lancaster Texas just you know south of Dallas uh which I now is like suburban Oak Cliff you know <laughs> just on the soda cedar here everything but yeah I'm from Lancaster man so definitely from south side and um uh born uh born in you know Dallas at Parkland and so south side kid yeah. Hey were you there were you there when uh the
1: rose there cuz the rose from Lancaster too right Yeah no I was there just before him yeah before yeah him. my teeth are a little bit longer <laughs> I I had him on a podcast. I forget. It's on one oh, I don't forget what episode he's on, but uh, I found yeah. out he was from, from Lancaster. All right. Yeah, so, no
0: so how'd you get into uh contracting? So man, um, you know, it's funny, my story is is is, is kinda kinda funny. Um I you know, one of kids in high school in Lancaster. Uh didn't know exactly what I wanted to get into, but the thing was I wanted to um, I had a, a really good friend, his father was a doctor. And I can tell you right now, in my mind, I said, "Man, I'm, i I want to go to school for me- for medicine." But did I didn't have medicine study habits at all, and so, but <laughs> went off to school. I went off to actually went off to Stephen F. Austin initially, man, and just went down there. You talked about wasted, you know, tens twenty thousand dollars on you know just down there partying and whatnot. And um, I think uh, I lasted a year and a half and. Uh, fell down and you know so on and so forth. Came back to the house, um, and from there, kind of was at Cedar Valley College. You know, floating. You know, just kind of figuring it out. Twenty, you know, 19, 20 years old, kind of figuring some things out, but still work. You know, work working at a dry cleaning company, and I was uh, at Cedar Valley and just kind of you know trying to get the basics out of the way, and so. I remember, you know, there was a that was there was a line in the sand that I remember, and I was in the dry cleaning business working at the front counter, and there were people that worked in the back, and we definitely all serve each other in terms of what we do for a living. You know, um, you know, I build for you; you do wealth management for me. Um, you know, the, the the our janitorial service cleans our building, and they go to eat at McDonald's at lunches. Is- Somebody serves them their food, and it's all reciprocal. But um, I looked in the back, and I re- remember seeing some bruddas and some older women back there working, pressing pants and cleaning shirts. And we were, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking in dollars. I'm like, okay, I make this an hour. They probably make this an hour. They 20 years older than me. Like, I don't want to be back there cleaning the shirts. And so I, I just said, you know, I've got to something's got to give. And so uh, what happened was there was uh, a gentleman that used to come into our cleaning business all the time. And he would, you know, you just drop his stuff off. Nice, nice brother talk. He talked about construction. He was a construction manager. So, okay, what's that? You know, so I'm asking questions every other day when he's coming in, ended up, uh, um, I just remember saying, you know what, you know, I used to see, like, those Lincoln Tech and DeVry commercials. I was like, you know, anyway, you're just trying to figure stuff out. So I literally said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go and start vocational work, okay? And now I didn't go for vocational training, but I said I'm going to start working. So I, I got off of work one day from the cleaners, went to the VA hospital on Lancaster, and I just walked into a live construction site where I was not supposed to be there without proper PPE and hard hat and so on and so forth. I walked in. There was a brother that immediately came over to me, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, you can't be in here." And so I, he was, I said, um, he said, "What are you, what are you looking for? What do you need?" And I said, "Well, I'm looking for a job." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Man, I'm just looking for a jo- like literally a job." So he says, "Listen, this this is kind of it was it was larger construction. This was hundred million dollar type construction, right? Commercial work." He he says, and just so happens, this guy is the guy that stopped me, right? And he says go to this place, ask for this guy, and um, you know, this is this is who you should be looking for. He sends me to a smaller commercial firm owned by four good bros, And they I told them my story. Hey, I'm kinda of floating looking. They hired me minimum wage, but I was gonna kinda of be a gopher. And uh um, and I, I was ended up being a, a general laborer sweeping, you know, my first job was at Woodrow Wilson High School working for this company under a DISD contract, sweeping floors, digging ditches, blah, 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 general labor. And I remember being out there and I say to myself, okay, I'm out here in the Texas sun during the summer. I got the sun on my neck, probably about 106 degrees. And it's some people in the trailers, in the air conditioning. And there are, and they drive bigger trucks than I drive. How do I get to the AC, bro? <laughs> so for me, it was a simple question: How do I get to the air conditioning? <laughs> so, so I ended up, I, man. These brothers they directed me and kind of mentored me, and so ended up going moving from Cedar Valley over to North Lake, uh, North Lake College, who has a at that time had a construction engineering program uh, of applied science that I took and finished and. And then uh, from there, I was work. You know, I'm trying to level up. I go from sweeping floors to doing some carpentry work, to being an assistant superintendent, to being a general superintendent, and to being a project engineer. And so finished up with my uh, my associates, finished up with my bachelors. And then from there, you know, it's just you know pay pay scale go up, and I go over to another company, higher higher position, and ultimately, you know. I've been in the business 21 years now. And so that alone, which I, you know, being a professional at what you do, whether it's higher education, vocational trade training, or just pure experience. If you've been cutting grass for 10 years, you should be a monster at cutting grass and you should have your own landscaping company. That's how that works. And so for me, that was kind of my thing was the fact that, man, I just dedicated myself to this market and stayed in it uh, leveled up, you know, winning got certifications and all the acronyms and stuff, you know, in, in terms of behind my name and w- giving myself the ability to be valuable, whether it's working for someone or working for myself. Right, hey man.
1: So you just, you just hit on the nail of something that I talk about a lot, right? So, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it up because, I'm you know, if, if higher education was a stock, you know, yep. and I can, and I can buy a basket of colleges, and then short them, you know, when you short something, that means you're betting on it going down and you, make, you lose money if it goes up, but you yeah. make it if it goes down. So yeah. I, would short I would short it because the value exchange is, what you pay on average is um, uh, way too high for, for what you get, right? Because yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, think it was, I think it was a window in time of American history where you could actually legitimately get upward mobility through education. I don't think the window was super long, but it was long and people are still buying that. When I talk to people, I'm like, hey, what's always true is if you want to make money, right? Doing what you do, you have to be on the right side of supply and demand. Meaning? Correct. Meaning meaning, do what nobody else wants to do. So I'll use an example. I'm a fancy chief investment officer of my own investment company. Well, I got that from, you know, for, you know, eight, 10 years selling somebody else's products and get, you know and and getting paid commission to sell products to learn the business, right? Then I took two years to go work at somebody else's investment advisory firm and yep. manage money alongside them and then form my own. Or if somebody says, hey, I want to be a um, work at Google and be a programmer, well you have to learn how to code, which is stupidly ridiculously hard and takes lots and lots of time, right? Or if you want right. to some of the wealth, some of the wealthiest people I know and I know you know this, some of the wealthiest people I know are are like construction workers. Like, pe- you know, people like look down on the person cutting the yard or the person, you know, doing the roof. And I'm like, what y'all don't know is I want those clients over doctors. Like I would much rather have a construction client than a mm-hmm. doctor. Y'all have money. The doctors have income. Way different. You know what I'm saying? Way different. different deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of what you're talking about, man. I think more people ought to follow your path, right? And you probably run into this and I want want to ask you about it. Do do you, um, i find the business owners that I know that are in um, contracting businesses, the hardest part um, is not getting the business, it's finding qualified workers to maintain the business. Is Is that the case?
0: Great, so this is the thing. Labor is 1B, what I would call the problem 1B. Problem 1A is in commercial construction is capital and, and financing. It's cash flow. Mm-hmm. So the commercial cash flow model is is the total, literally total 180 opposite than the residential cash flow model in construction. In residential, when you're doing a roof or you're doing some remodeling for somebody, typically they're gonna pay they're gonna give you a deposit that's gonna pay for half of your uh half of your materials up front. Um uh, Residential new construction, that's not going to happen, but you're going to typically be on like weekly pay terms, whereas in commercial construction, we are on 30, 60, 90 day type pay terms on the average project. So we've got to be able to cash flow our materials and cash flow our labor, uh, depending on kind of if you're a trade contractor or a general contractor, you've got to be able to cash flow your services. Um, And that is problem 1A in commercial construction. But labor is a kind of back to what we were talking about. Labor is a huge issue because what's happening is, you know, as our country has went through different, um, you know, pushes, whether it was the industrial portion of our company and then getting on into the you know tech age that we're in now. Well, some of the people that we would call some of the you know smartest folks on this planet and in this country are not doing construction work anymore. They're doing tech, they're doing computer-based, IT-based, you know, type of jobs. Uh, and, and so what's happening is it's leaving, it's left construction to be kind of even considered a third-class, a third-class type of uh, living, mm-hmm. which is totally false. Right. And right. So it's, it's very important that people understand that, number one, there are great, great job opportunities. And that's all the way from skilled labor side, to management, executive, to own your own firm. And as a matter of fact, it's an industry where we don't have enough people working in this industry, which is kind of what you were getting at. Mm -hmm. And even whether we start talking about immigration conversations or whatever, that's not a barrier either. Now, you know, there, there, there are people that say that the immigration issue drives down the wages that construction workers are paid, and when you think about it, that that that's that's a fair conversation. Um, but if if you know, construction's already expensive as it is. Right, right, right. And it, and you you want to see that that cost. You know, go up fifty percent, build that wall, <laughs> I'm just telling you. You know, so 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 you know. But all that being said, man, uh, I really I encourage more people to get into this industry, dude, because uh, you know, especially people that look like us, brothers that look like us, sisters that look like us, really need to start embracing this industry, because man, there are some wonderful wonderful opportunities.
1: Well, man, and, and, and that's my part because I will have a conversation with folks about the whole minimum wage conversation, you know. And people who follow me on Facebook know kind of where I lean, but I consider myself independent because I'm like I'm, i really am an independent. When you talk about minimum wage, I'm like, no, man. The issue, not you know, the issue is not forcing some company to pay minimum wage because if you force them too high, they're going to automate it out. I was like, we we got a we got a gap out. I said, you got businesses over here like construction you know what I'm saying, where the 22-year-old the who's complaining about getting paid nothing, you know what I'm saying, at wherever they work, right, or at having to work at Walmart. I'm like, they can legit go work construction, maybe make a little bit more, but work their way up. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm always like, no, like when you're, when, you're, when you're in your 20s, you don't know anything. Like, you don't know. So, so if, and if you go way back in the day, a lot of folks used to apprentice, you know, I believe for, for free, Yeah, and and learn stuff. So, I'm like, I'm we're having this debate about people should be entitled to a certain way. I'm like, you're not entitled to anything, like, you're only gonna get paid what you're valued at. And if you don't have any skills, you
0: need to go develop skills. my guys back here, we in in here hustling trying to make it happen, man. Hey, um, so let me give you a quick example. So, um, I have. Yeah, I have a lot, so I have a lot of older bros come in, and we do a lot of second chance offender um, stuff when guys get out of prison, and so when a guy comes in, if he, if he doesn't have any skilled labor, you know, experience or certifications or qualifications, if he doesn't have, if he's not a skilled laborer, he is, he is an unskilled laborer. And as a 30-year-old or more or guy with a family and a wife and, and, you know, and bills, unskilled labor work is a tough place to start because it starts in the ballpark of, you know, you know, minimum wage to 11 to 12. And, you know, typically we try to start make sure we start all our guys out at 12 no matter what. 15 is even a better number because I think when you can pay a guy $15, I think it really is a, it's it's, it's impacting the home even more. Mm -hmm. But that being said, that's where you have to start because essentially if I'm I can't pay you skilled labor rates if you're unskilled. Right, right. And so, so the, because that hurts, that hurts our bottom line at the end of the day, it hurts a lot of different things. It hurts job production and so quality of work and a lot of different things. So that being said, we, you know, if there if, if I have the choice of hiring, a thirty-some year old versus a nineteen or twenty-one year old that I know they're going to make the same wage. Obviously, it's going to be that younger guy because he can. He probably is a little. He's probably a little more equipped to take that less. That take pay, take that lesser amount and pay. And then also, turnover is a big deal. You know, with us, like you know, guys come in and then either child. Like when child support hit that twelve dollars an hour, Philip like you. It's rough, you know, and so next thing you know, you know, and I'm trying to tell cats like, you know, that child support hit, <laughs> like that's going, that's that's going towards something. Like you gotta, you gotta go on man up, you know, and let that thing hit. But I get it, you know, a lot. So anyway, I think, like you said, guys will go flip to Amazon for fifteen bucks an hour rather than work here starting out at 12, because I can already tell you, I got a brother right now that started with me at 12, about uh, 18 months ago, and he at 19 right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, and he's a full-fledged carpenter, and he came in here putting insulation in walls as a general labor. now he's a carpenter. He's hanging doors in and door, installing door hardware. And so that's the transition that we wanna be able to see from skilled to unskilled. When you go in and you're an unskilled laborer, you're gonna be paid unskilled labor wages. Mm-hmm. And so developing a skill is really, really important, but it takes you, if you don't have a skill, it takes you starting as unskilled right. and then to develop the skills. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the Hispanic cats that work for us and work for a lot of these construction companies, their dad taught them at 15. Right. And so I've got several father son combination that work for me right now where the dad used to be the skilled guy and the sons were the unskilled. Well, now the sons of 25, they flip-flop. The dad is now the helper and the son is the skilled guy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, there, there's a, man, there there is a method to this madness. And I think the big thing is that it's like we all say in every, whether it's sports or this, that, and the other, um, trust the process. There's a process here, brother, that we need people to trust. Mm-hmm. And we can really get back into this market. So, okay.
1: So going going back to 1A, so as a, as a contractor – is it, is it almost kind of like you end up um, um, being more like a resource allocator? So I think of myself as an investment advisor is more, hey, I got your money and I'm going to put it in an appropriate resource to help you reach your goal. That's basically like, you know, once you're out of the labor and, and as far as Jeff's, you know, Jeff's job, your job is, hey, man, we got these resources and here's how we best apply these resources so that we don't go broke. We can do good work. We can hire people. You're kind of like a money manager in a sense, at the at the management level of contractor where you're not on the site. Is that kind of right?
0: Yeah. So so and our company we actually have three different branches and what we do at, in in this particular company. Then there's another company that that I own as well on the residential side. But so at Postel Group we actually do self performance drywall contracting. So what does that mean? We when you walk into a schoolhouse. The interior partitions and the ceilings, we install those. We we uh, we frame up metal stud walls. We slap drywall on those walls, and then we install the ceiling grid and drop the ceiling tile and any installations that are uh, that are tied into the site as well. So we self perform that in house. So what that means is that we're we it's our guys, our payroll on the job site. And so yeah, absolutely. We're you know from a you know there's you know, our ownership, myself, and then there's, we've got project managers, we've got accounting, we've got, you know, office management. So all, we've got marketing, we've got, you know, business development, all these different things within this construction. We're construction, but we are a company just like anybody else. We've got all these parts and pieces. And so, so obviously, you know, it goes from an office management level to a field management level to an actual skilled labor level. And uh, that's what that branch does. And then we've got our general contracting branch, that is more of like a movie production company, except it's construction. You know what we do is we we uh, bid work from owners. We grab, we get the work as a general contractor, and then we sub out all of the parts and pieces: the plumbing, the electrical, the HVAC, the flooring, the paint. You know, we we're subbing out and managing all of those uh, different companies, those trade companies, and we are managing the owner's money. We're Managing the schedule to make sure that the job gets done on time and we're in obviously with managing the money, we're making sure that it that the project uh, meets budget and then a big thing is also make sure that that project is ran in a safe manner where everybody can go home every night to their kids. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And okay. so that, and that third, that third branch of what we do is actually heavy highway. We do some heavy highway retaining walls. Uh, typically, if you're driving down the highway, you look to your left to right, you're going to see, you know, what we call sound walls or panels or msc walls or uh retaining walls that uh that are on the side of the highway we do that as well okay
1: and so the national association of minority contractors what what is that organization or you know for dfw what what do y'all in that organization help contractors
0: do so at namac we uh namac is the oldest minority uh, construction av- advocacy group in America. Started in Oakland uh, and don't get me messing up the year that, the, that, that NAMAC was uh, started in Oakland, but we are the oldest advocacy group for minority contractors in America and uh, what we do is exactly that. We advocate for minority owned contractors to, uh, to be included in the market, to, to, to get work in, in, a, in a bustling booming construction market. Uh, construction is a historically white male ran industry like a lot of industries and um, so you know you know, it is what it is man you know there are historical prints on this market where it's tough and it's tough for people to stop doing what they've been doing for what their families have been doing for hundreds of years and what the market in this country has kind of instilled for hundreds of years so um, what we do is we help just remind owners and remind prime contractors that, hey, there are good minority contractors and subcontractors around and available, and we want to make sure that we're putting our members, we take on, mem- we've got, uh, I think here in DFW, we've got 200 members, and we are in contact with 400 members, or uh, 400 companies, and we're making sure that, number one, we're lining them up for opportunities that meet where they are in their business model right now. And then we're so on the, you know, the flip side of that, we're working with those owners and prime contractors to make sure we're bringing these two entities together, bringing the owner and the primes, big companies with the smaller minority subs so they can have a relationship together.
1: Okay, no, that, that, that's good. And, and do you see as America is becoming less white male dominating, there's more opportunities for um,
0: contractors of all color, shapes, sizes and sexes? Absolutely. Yes, that, that's, you know, it, it's not easy, you know, and it's not, you know, we can't just flip a switch to change some of this stuff, but we're working hard. And I think generation by generation and decade by decade, you know, it's getting easier and it's becoming a more attractive market for diverse companies. Okay, right. And, and a
1: cool point, I think like America hasn't really done a lot of infrastructure spending over the last decade or so, but aren't we starting to Put more, you know, both sides I think are agreeing to put more money into infrastructure. Is that the case, or am I just reading headlines?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with with you know, highway work alone. I mean, you're talking, you know, just billions and billions and billions of dollars available uh, of work. Um, You know, uh, we use an example. We got we've got boots on the ground in Atlanta as well, but the city of Atlanta just you know, city of Dallas just approved a $1.5 billion package that a lot of that is infrastructure related city of Atlanta just approved 5 billion. Mm. So, you know, I mean, you're talking about just mega, mega dollars that are available. And um, if you're in a position to where you've worked in this industry uh, and have some experience and, you know, and, and kind of can create that capital and cash flow model that will allow you to, to survive in it. I wouldn't tell anybody to go into this business. I've got, you know, I've got different pitches when people call me, and I have a lot of members calls and a lot, of, and whether whether it's Namac or not, people just call Jeff Postel. So, hey, Jeff, how do I get into the business? You know, I've got a few questions that I ask, uh, ask right off the top, and typically they're about capital, and cash, and credit lines, and your business model, what your experience is, and but no, really, no matter where you're at, if you're if you're really vested and you're trying to make something happen, there's a way into this industry. You know, some resources, but from there you just have to build up and get to certain places. And that's what we done, man. I started this company with zero
1: dollars. Mm. You know, you know, and 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 it's funny, man, because I was I was off track, and you can let me know if this is already happening, right? So, uh, you know, my first phase of Stonehill Wealth Management is doing managed accounts, right? I don't sell products anymore. I actually manage money, but I manage it for people mm-hmm. in their own account. But phase two is. Private equity, as I built this up and built the team for it, but but I don't want private equity in the sense of um, uh, going for fancy business, right? I would like to find a, um, and you can call it venture capital as well, but I want to find like a person like you, mm-hmm. who is an experienced, skilled person in construction with a construction business and then provide the capital needed to manage big projects and then bring in some technology to integrate it. And I think it's a lot of money can be made there because that's not happening yet. Right. But do you see people already kind of come in, in the industry? Cause it's, mm. I think it's unlimited money that you can make, you know, everybody's focused on tech, but I'm like, man, if you like marry old school, traditional businesses with money and tech, like it's.
0: Yeah. It's, there, there are some openings there, man. It's funny you say that because even there was an opportunity you know, that's the other thing about construction. It's really become technical and electronic. And, you know, um, we don't read plans in, on paper anymore. Everything's tablets and 3D models and BIM and Revit and all these different um, softwares that we use in order to run our jobs. And even running our jobs, it's just like any other market to where we're all in software platforms uh, managing our jobs in, from our phones and from our from computer uh, apps, and so uh, but I think there are some there are plenty of openings with some uh, innovation in terms of bringing tech into construction
1: well, why, why do you think or, or or maybe it's already happening right because you know now my juices are going I'm thinking about we, we ought to have more you know and I think you do this, but more like in the high school right because everybody in high school pushes kids to go to college Correct. and again I'm like. I don't think that's right for every kid. I mean I right. think I think the, the goal of the goal of higher education is to help you get a skill so you can make some money. And I'm yeah. and I'm always like, I think at, at least there should be a 50-50 push of college and then skill vocational labor like in the high schools to say, Hey, you can not go be a doctor, but guess what? On average, you know, Mr. Postel's, you know, those guys make more than doctors like over time, you know, putting in the same time period, same work, same skills, like yeah. vocational. Vocational people like make money. The difference is, I don't think the kids see it. You know what I'm saying? Like a doctor is is sexy, but I'm like, you know, Mr. So, you know, one of the wealthiest guys in Cedar Hill owns a welding company. You know what I mean? Like, welding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, kids ought to see more of that because I'm like, if y'all want what y'all say y'all want, you don't got to have to be an athlete. You don't You don't need to, I mean, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be yeah. a financial advisor. Like, you can go be, a, you can have
0: an HVAC company and be yep. rich, you know, rich as heck. Yep, it's, it's, it's the truth, man. And it's, and it's a hard thing to, to convey. Um, it's a hard thing to convey. I, you know, I, I'm kind of, I, I mean, I've done a lot of, had a lot of thought about this and um, I go speak to kids on a regular basis and, you know, and, and, and talk about what you're talking about right now. And, um, and, uh, you know, it's all, like with kids, unless I pull up in a Range Rover, like I'm not getting that attention. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a Range Rover dude, you know? So, um, so I think we just have to kind of keep working hard. I always, I talk to a lot of people about momentum and I think the, the, you know, us as in this industry and then just us as people, period, momentum's a big deal. And if we just kind of keep doing well and trying to be successful, kids will see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be a certain number of them that'll try to do it. And so we we do, we want to reach out to more kids in high school. I think one of the things I was, I served on the Fort Worth ISD steering committee. And man, I'm gonna tell you something, large school districts, in the past, especially in the 90s, in the early 2000s, they were very scared to uh, to tell the kid that they should go into construction because I'm gonna tell you something, what mama thinks at home when a teacher says you should be in construction, mama say, uh uh-huh, uh, my baby gonna be a doctor. You're not gonna tell my baby that they gonna be out there with a hammer in their hand. Like, dude, I'm serious, like this is an issue. Like." and then now real talk when a dude go to prison he come back home in 28 that same mama calling me like say can you give my baby a job with a hammer in his uh-huh. like, you know, hand that, that's what we needed him 10 years ago
1: right so, right and, 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 you, and you think about it and i think a lot a lot of them get in trouble because they like you know they kind of like go to college and then they're not good at it and they feel like i'm a failure i'm like no you're not a failure you just weren't wired for it you know what i'm exactly. saying like that was like, me yeah, I'm just like, I lucked up and I was always good at school. I don't per se, I don't equate what I'm doing now with what I learned in college because what I learned in college, I, I had to unlearn some stuff. Mm-hmm. I just I just was good in school, period. Like, I just yep. was good in school. You know what I'm saying? But some people, and I probably think 50% of the population aren't. And so I think, and like you said, I think we are having a conversation, but I'm I'm glad we're also having this conversation because I think it ought to be out there more, man. More people ought to realize Yeah. I mean, because correct me if I'm wrong. Like, if you think about all the, and I'm just going to speak about black people out here because we're, you know, talking about black contractors. Mm. Out of all the people you know in DFW who are wealthy, like 90% of them that I know are in contracting. Is that the same with you?
0: Um,. It's, I would say it's I would say it's less. I, it's some cats out here making some money. I don't know how y'all making that. Kid? You, you uh, y'all out here making some money in some different ways. I don't know about. It. But uh, but it's a lot of brothers doing well in construction, man. So it's, it's it's a lot of dudes doing real solid.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. So um, I'll um, I'll move to one more question before I go to the questions I ask everybody else. So so let's say let's say I'm a I'm you know you sold me. I'm a young guy by going to construction what's the first what's the first thing I
0: should do like how, where where should I start so where I would start is and are we talking more from from high school kid or what are we kind of talking from uh let me, let me let me make it
1: contextual to maybe my audience let's say let's say they're like twenty eight you know to thirty two and Aren't really where they want to go, but they're like, you know what? I know I'm a little late to the game, but I wanna, I wanna get into construction. Okay, great.
0: So the way, the way that I recommend is that if you're a, uh, if you don't already kind of specialize in something and like have wealth built up where it's not, it, like if you're not looking to just jump in and own a company from day one, the way you come into this market is typically to go choose a trade that you feel like you may be interested in. And if it's a trade that requires a certification like mechanical, uh, which HVAC, electrical, plumbing, or uh, welding, or electronics, those all require certifications and licenses, okay, via the state. So what happens is you, have, you do have to go to a, a training school in order to get those uh, certifications licenses. And I would you know, definitely recommend to do that, grab those certifications, you will go into an apprenticeship, basically start working for somebody. Like we talked about earlier, between us to start working for someone, learn while you're getting that paycheck, also make mistakes with their money, like for real. Like, you know, and you're, so you're learning the game. Once you learn to a certain capacity, you become a pro and you have the option to open up your company just like anybody else. You know, and you know, while you're working and doing those things, to be thinking about your personal uh, financial model, and you know that way credit and cash and things that allow you to open up your company because you're going to need some resources there, some capital. So, the uh, the other side of that is non-licensed trades: concrete, masonry, flooring, painting, drywall. Things of that nature. You don't have to have. There is no certification. There is no license. That's just pure experience. So right now, if I talk, if a cat wants to get in the concrete, find a concrete company, go work for them. The first thing they're gonna have you do and it's grunt work. You gotta take. You gotta take that. It -hmm. is what it is. It's like going to college. You just gotta take that. Mm -hmm. And so, but while you're grunting, you you know, hopefully in a couple of months you'll get a chance. Maybe you were on your knees dragging concrete across rebar. Well, next time, maybe you'll be on the truck or on the pump, spitting out the concrete. Maybe next time, you'll be a finisher, and so you're developing the skill set, and the next thing you know, you're a pro. You know, and if you've been painting for a year, it's, you're going to become a good painter, and if you want to open up your own paint company, open up your own paint company. That's the way you... It's just it's just about putting in the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be the vocational licensing, or flat-out experience, mm-hmm. and that's, that's how you get into the industry. Become a pro, be good at it, and then keep, you know, keep those finances in shape, and then open you up a company. That's how it works.
1: Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. Do you, do you know um, – well, I'm going to go to the next question. I'm, I'm going to go – this will kind of answer it, right? So let's say I were to go talk to 22-year-old Jeff. Now, now this is a 22-year-old Jeff, and, yeah. and it could be – whatever advice you want to, it it doesn't have to be about the business or anything. If you can go back in time and talk to 22 year old Jeff, what would you
0: tell him? Man, 22 year old Jeff, 22 year old Jeff kind of started to get it together. But, uh, (laughs) but I would tell, Oh, but man, number one, I would tell 22 year old Jeff, say man, save more money. Uh, don't get those polo boots on that uh, dealer's credit card. Um, you know, I would tell Jeff, I would tell Jeff to be more financially clean, credit clean. I would really be focusing on 22 year old Jeff on keeping keeping his nose clean on the finances. And then also doing some early uh, investing, whether it was real estate or some other things like that. Um, you know, like, we we all laughing about it right now because of the time of the year, but tax returns, oh, you know man. I say, man, don't go out, you know, don't go, don't go put no, um, you know, I wasn't putting 22s on them, but I was putting 37-inch ties on something. You know? <laughs> so, but don't go spend that money when you get them tax returns. Like, you got to put that back, put that into something. That's Yeah, 22-year-old you know, 22, 22 Jeff and I will be having some serious financial conversations. <laughs> all right, all right, for sure
1: so next question is um, what are the companies that you like to do business with right so these, and it, it could be on the business side or the personal side but you do business with these companies and you are happy to do business with them what, what are those companies wow
0: so on the business side you know man it's AT&T bruh like you know as frustrating as I am with them on the personal side and when I call in the uh, customer service um, I, I look you know at and t is a at and t is a good company to do business for as a business owner uh, and, and and if you if you have a business and as you're looking for owners i would recommend at and t so we love working for them um we also there's a i want to you know there's a company we work for here in dallas they're, they're out of arlington called conrail construction they're one of the biggest black owned firms uh in the united states and um man, you know, there's some great people over there, great owner, uh, there's a mentor to me, and we love working for them, um, and there are a lot of different construction companies we like working for as well. Um, you know, I think on the personal side, um, I don't know, man, I've kind of turned into a minimalist, and so, mm-hmm. you know, I pull the cord you on know, certain stuff in my life, and you know the closet ain't got but a few pair of jeans in it and some boots and you know and so it's it's pretty pretty simple. I don't spe- I don't do a lot of spinning outside of you know what we do for this company, but um, you know I, I mean I I'm a you know I'm an iPhone guy and you know a little iTunes and you got uh, you got yeah so
1: uh, so when you pull the cord what do you what do you watch? Are you Netflix Prime? i I'm, I'm I'm actually Hulu. Hulu. Okay.
0: Yeah. yes, yeah, So I got the Hulu live with the HBO plug in and I'm good.
1: Okay. Okay. I wonder HBO how, works. I wonder how that's going to change, you know, with the whole Time Warner deal going through with AT&T, if they're going to like bulk up the Hulu thing or pull HBO off. I wonder how that's going to all play out. That'll be, that's going to be
0: interesting. That's going to be interesting. And I was able to live without HBO for quite a while, but then, you know, you know, I, I brought, you know, really, a. Uh, my fiance them. between my fiance needing to watch um Insecure, that's why I got H- I, I literally got HBO just because of her. Like we was dating I was like, I gotta get HBO. Hey man, no, I wouldn't I'm have here. got it otherwise.
1: I'm with you, man. I'm think I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to get my wife to uh drop a couple shows so we can drop direct TV now. Yeah. And, and just have the Netflix and then the the HBO package whenever that comes out cuz yeah. I'm like that'll be a better deal. All right, cool. So yeah. so you answer another one of my questions like what what do, what do you watch? The other one is where where do you get your news um and information meaning is it online, on Facebook, print magazine,
0: TV? How do you stay up to date on what's going on in the world? Say man, even on the construction side, I sit on the fence. I was trained by the old school brothers. I stayed up with the tech game, so my software skills are solid. You know, my, my computer skills are still solid, so I'm, so I'm the same way when it comes to my news. I still get up and watch the news in the morning. And um, now, I wouldn't watch a lot of news, and I know there's it's gonna be some females out here that's gonna be a little upset what I'm about to say. But I watch Channel Eight in the morning because of Demetria Obelar. And hey, me and you both. Me, I watch it. Hey,
1: my my and, I, and my wife knows I watch it. I watch it. <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> hey, it just is what it is. So, but no, I still watch the news in the morning, and then I still get a lot, I get a lot of news from Twitter. Um, you know, whatever comes through. I don't really look at Facebook for news, but tw- you know, if I'm just kind of, bon- Twitter is really my news feed, man.
1: Okay. Okay. And then uh, last question is, what are the top three books that you've read either recently or of all time? So the
0: last three, so right now, I'm reading The Tipping Point. Um, Before that, I actually read Larry Kemp's book. And I'm a little late to that because that book came out a while ago. But I read Larry Kemp's book, The Secret to Success, There Is No Secret, uh, which was a great book. Man, I'm telling you, that that book was so relatable to me. Larry's just so relatable to me, man. Like, it was amazing. I'm reading that book like I'm like breathing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I am kind of really like getting emotional because I was going through those same things. So, Tipping Point was a was a great read right now. It's about little things that can affect how little things affect big things. Um Larry's book, uh Secrets to Success, There Are No Secrets. And I uh, mean, I am slipping on the book I read before that. Um I'm gonna give a shout out too, man, to another book I thought was solid, which was Ricky Clark's book, uh What my what my father should have told me. Mm. Which is another good solid book, man, a good solid read. So um um but I, you know, I, I, a lot of my time spent is reading construction articles. Um, but you know, I'm one of the guys that I, I really wasn't, a, I wasn't really, I've had to morph into a business owner cause I was just kind of an operational guy estimator in the weeds guy. And so now that, you know, we do have a sustainable firm that's got most, that's multifaceted. I've had to turn to a book, uh, to a, a, an owner, a business owner, and then more of a, Business owner, money management type of a uh, type of reader, and so I'm still in the process of doing that. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it. Yeah,
1: and you know what? I normally, I normally, this normally is my last question, but you said something that made me curious that I want to ask one more question. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so being that text entering construction, do 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 you see? So let's so let's say let's say you know I want to put a stone hill. Wealth Management Office in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is it now set up to where I can come straight to the Postel Group and say, you know, hey, Jeff, I want to put it here, but but these are demographics that I need to to be around. And you guys can use like tech to figure out, hey, Philip, here's kind of the best place you should put it and how you should build it to maximize the experience of the user. Is it like full service like that or is that done through a commercial real estate shop or is it kind of merging? How is that happening?
0: Yeah, I think you know, in terms of let's say where you want to be at. Yeah, that's still more outside of what we what the construction folks do. We know people that, that can provide that service, but yeah, that's more on still coming through the real estate side. And um, but when it comes to you know designing and developing, you know your firm your your building, whether it's a new build or a remodel, we're able to do all that stuff via tech to kind of give you looks before the first piece of dirt has been moved or before the first dem- wall has been demoed in your, in your remodel, uh, where you can do, you know, 3D walkthroughs, um, you know, you can, we're able to, just like we're on, on, um, on, on the computer now, you can, we can allow you to look at samples, approve product data, approve pricing, you know, this, that, and the other, all just like this okay so it's a really really convenient thing and you and any construction you know even though it still comes down to a brick and mortar at the end of the day but before you get to the brick and mortar it's a lot of this
1: yeah no it's pretty dope man well hey i appreciate your time i know you're busy man and uh i just appreciate you sharing your knowledge and information and coming on board and and, and hanging out
0: absolutely man And, and any contractors out there you know Guys, you know, feel free to reach out to the National Association of Minority Contractors, DFW Chapter. Uh, we're all about trying to grow uh, small uh, and medium, diverse, you know, in, in small contractors period. We're trying, we're about growing you guys and us and getting us into markets to where it makes sense for us and where we can be successful and, and be sustainable. Oh
1: man, good, good Good, man. That's a good group to have. I might quit, I might quit my job and come in that business.
0: Say man, say don't take no pay cut, feel?